Hi, I'm Aaron, and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, a podcast all about, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I will be interviewing artists and exploring the genre I love. My hope is that you will begin to love it as much as I do, if not more. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming podcast news. All right, let's get into it. All right, there we go. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm with an amazing artist, Havaya Mighty. So if you don't know about Havaya, she is actually coming up in the game. She just dropped, I'm going to butcher this song name, but Obea, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Obia, yeah. Obia, uh, Antisocial featuring Old Man Saxon. And if you're not sure, her album 13th Floor actually um, was the best Canadian album of the year. So the first black woman to win the Polaris Music Prize. Um, so really impressive stuff and obviously leading the way. Um, it's always good to see strong women coming through um, and kind of showing us that, especially in hip hop, it's no longer a male-dominated industry. So um, yeah, it's a pleasure and a privilege for me to be able to speak to you. Absolutely. I'm excited to be on your platform. Awesome. Well, I was just going to ask you because... The, the thing that I got from your music straight away was how you blend a style of like trappy beats, but you also use like heavy drums in there and you move away from that, you know, that mumble rap. You're very clear in terms of the things that you say. Like, I think your diction is almost the most impressive thing about what you do. Oh, wow. That's, that means a lot. I work pretty hard or I've worked pretty hard to like be good at wrapping the things that I think are important and diction and pronunciation and breath control and like things that like singers consider, but rappers sometimes don't. I grew up singing first. So uh, once I got into rap, I've always kind of made sure to pull in like your diaphragm and like the breath control, all those sort of different technical things that are not intrinsic to being a good lyricist, but that those technicalities being good at those things can take you from a good lyricist to an amazing lyricist. So that means a lot that you're saying that diction is something you notice as a as a standout for me because I, I aim for that. Yeah, I think it's it is really important. Like when I started listening to hip hop, it was all about the sound. Whereas now that you know I've been listening to hip hop for a long time, the lyrics are as important, if not more important, and that diction is really part of it. Like I struggle with sometimes fast rappers because you can't understand what they're rapping about. They could be saying the most amazing things, but you're going to miss uh, words here and there, and then it just doesn't have the same impact. Yeah, and I struggled with that a lot. I would say that I used to be classified as one of those, and to some people I still might be, like, kind of on the more, like, fast rap, you know, fill in a lot of bars sort of thing. And, yeah, I used to feel like I had to impress everybody on every song. And then I realized oftentimes like putting so many words makes it difficult for people to connect. And sometimes the best songwriting is saying fewer words, but still having the same impact. And so uh, over the last few years, I've been trying to find that balance of knowing when to give people a lot of bars and fill it in and make it kind of almost like this very clever, witty thing. And when you just need to say only what needs to be said. And how do you find that balance? Like, how does that work for you? I, I like it. I, I think, again, it's like every song, every idea, every concept has to build based on it. So like the idea that you have to go into every song trying to make impressive lyrics in a specific way is not to me like really my goal. My goal is to make 
I'm, I'm not a battle rapper. My goal is not to do a bunch of ciphers and have everyone love every cipher. Uh, I like rapping and I think I'm quite good at it, but I, I, my intention is to be a musician that creates impactful music that can hopefully, you know, change thought processes and narratives and, you know, be something that can provide insight to people. You know, I just want to be able to do that through actually creating my art. And so I think finding that balance has been interesting because it's learning kind of what any sort of production would need or like kind of more so letting the song dictate where it wants to go as opposed to me trying to force the song in a specific direction. And, you know, I think for me, I'm like a very critical, deep, Sagittarius thinker and sometimes it's too much for people like that's it's like when you read about what a Sagittarius is and like how they navigate like that's me all day and one of the biggest things is just this like really optimistic um you know higher thinking knowledge seeking individual and I'm very much that but it's not everybody's like that and when you make music with that insight you'll go to a depth that can be lost for a lot of people and you'll 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 tackle themes that can be lost for a lot of people and so I actually think my biggest struggle as a musician is like that balance between making stuff that people will understand and then like creating things that I want to put out and that balance of understanding like what an what a larger audience is going to get and maybe what they won't and like realizing what is unique about me that works and then what is unique about me that like might not work and not compromising but understanding like I think to not understand is just to fight against yourself and not achieve the dream. Like I want to understand what this industry requires, not to conform and bend to accommodate it, but to know what might be holding me back from my goal so I can offset it with something else. So I can, oh, well, this is not connecting. Well, let me find this other thing. Maybe I'll use social media or visuals or whatever, and I'll connect in that way. But it's really, it's like a, an interesting thing of just trying to find this balance of songwriting and social media interaction and, you know, trying to find this, this, umbrella of work making it all work yeah well uh, you touched on so many things um the one thing i wanted to i like every time you said i was like i'll ask and i want to ask that question i want to ask that question so now i've got to decide on one but <laughs> i was gonna ask you do you ever think that you know the way you make it work is just by being truthful to yourself i think that a lot of artists struggle because they have this idea of what they want the image to be when in reality sometimes the truth is probably more refreshing and gives you more power than anything else. I think it's, that is a huge part. If you don't have that part, I don't really think you can get anywhere. That being said, I, I do think that there is a little bit of delusion in thinking that just being yourself is all that's required. I, it works for some people if who they are is extremely controversial or they're super, super funny and they should be a comedian or something. But um, the idea that like who you are is going to be enough to make millions off of is is it's a notion that's a little bit disillusioned. Like, why do I need you and your music? And there's like this is an oversaturated market and there's so many cool people like, why do I need you? And so like a huge aspect of it is you. You have to show people that you can offer something that can't be accessible anywhere else. So for me, like I'm happy to say that I think my talent is the thing. I think that me being a rapper and, and doing it the way that I do, the combination of being a black woman from Canada that raps the way I do, it's just a different thing than I think what people are used to. And that's my thing. But it, it connects with people that understand it. So people that don't understand it, they might have to find me in a different way. They might have to find me collaborating with a different musician that is in their palette. 
and then be like, oh, I kind of like this girl. I would never have checked out her music on my own. But now that I've heard her with this artist, I can kind of it's almost like convincing people that like what the standard and what they expect to receive is not all they need. But they don't know that the market that I fill or like maybe the niche that I tap into is something that they might vibe with. Like it's not the standard. So it's just they're when are they going to come across it? And so, yeah, I think, yeah, you have to be yourself like I mean, I guess you don't have to. I recommend being yourself. It I helps. Think that that's, it definitely helps. I think that, you know, gimmicks and stuff work, but like depends on what your goals are. For me, I want to be who I am and be able to create and like not have to overthink every single move. And that means I have to be myself. I can't be doing it under the guise of someone else because I won't be able to upkeep it. Like I can't maintain another thing that's not me. Um, but I think in finding yourself, you have to understand how to brand you. And so you can't just say, oh, well, like, this is my vibe. And like, I'm going to live stream with my messy background because I'm a procrastinator and I want my fans to know that, like, I don't really care about it's like, OK, but but maybe if you live stream with, with your background and you show all that personality is actually going to sell us against you. Like, so you still have to package you like you still have to in this new age, unfortunately, being a musician that's like visual. And it depends if you're like a, you know, a mystery SoundCloud artist, kind of like how like The Weeknd did it where there was no face, no case for a couple years. Do that. Like, but if you're doing the kind of like here, here I am, like put some thought into it and like find ways to really showcase you. So like you don't have to change you, but like maybe you get a nice camera so that you can capture you, you know? So I think it's, it's both. It's, it's, it's just a combo. Yeah. Yeah. I think that part is really important that, you know, just because this is who the type of person you are, doesn't mean you, you, you got, you don't like, you forget about the basics. Like the basics are still important. Like how you dress, especially cause like, I've seen your visuals, like your visuals are really good. Like your music videos, the amount of effort that goes into those, I'm always like, okay, this took so much thought to actually put together. Um, Just every single one is done so differently um, and done, you know, without that, you know, classic hip hop, every, it seems like every artist does this same hip hop in in front of graffiti, or just on the streets wearing a coat and wearing Timberlands. They're, they're, that's, <laughs> every rapper does it, but yours are very different. And, and that part of it, it, like when I watched them, I was like, okay, you know, put the sound to, to the side for a second. This is, you know, engaging on a whole new level. Yeah. And I mean, I my second music video was absolutely the graffiti alleyway in Toronto like 100% so like we've done it too I, I've had a lot of music videos that I've pulled because the music no longer represents what I'm doing but also like the visuals might not uh, like I look different I'm a different you know but I went through the kind of more basic music videos and so I think we, we reached a standard um, and I think the, the quality of music has also reached a standard and one thing that I learned over the last two years was like your visual standard should match your audio standard and my audio standard is pretty high but like my personal visual standard is a lot, was a lot lower. I'm currently in transition. So like I would do these like DIY content things and I showed my, I show my team, my manager, my DJ, and they would be like, no, Havaya, it's not going to work. And I would be like, what do you mean? I just, I just spent three hours on this. I just like, and, and to me it was like, well, the time I put in and the, and the camera looks good. And, and they're just like, yeah, but when you compare it to like your music videos and it's just not the same. And so like, I think like, even recognizing what is your biggest downfall. Like me right now, I'm literally working on 
like my living my live stream setup. This just this mic stand just came like in between interviews and I just set it up because my last interview I was holding it and like so it's literally like growing as we go like and to me I'm like currently excited about the visual content creation aspect because I'm not great at it and I finally got this like kick and like fire in my my butt that's like yo like this could take you to the next level there are musicians that are making high quality visuals who aren't great musicians and that's what's carrying them so like step it up you know and I think when you can get excited about anything that's going to help drive your career and you're doing it as yourself, you're not contriving yourself or, or bending or conforming in any way. But like to me, I mean, maybe that's the Sagittarius of me again, but I get excited to do a new thing that like is achievable. Like I know that I can do a little bit of research, buy a couple products, put them together and make it look good. And then I know like it's, 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 a, it's a learning curve, but I know. And the long term of that is you have the knowledge. It never goes away. You have the setup. It doesn't go away. Like one piece of gear works, you replace it or, or doesn't work. You replace it. It's just, I don't know. For me, like, that's what keeps me going um, is like finding new, almost like goals that can tie into the music. Like anything that I do, I tie it into, into this career because I live and eat and breathe this. So yeah, it's, it's been interesting, you know, over the past couple months and even I guess over a year, just trying to, figure out like where are we going like and here we are still in complete lockdown like I and uh, I haven't gone anywhere in I can't even say like we almost didn't get to shoot Obia because that was the end of November and we went back into a lockdown at the end of November and pretty much since then we've we've not come out and it's what March now so it's like it's the inspiration is crazy I can't just go outside with my friends and film something in the street but it's creating a new drive like here at home and I think once we get the performances back and all that, like what I will have take like picked up along the way will be greater than if I was playing shows the whole time. Like I'm grateful for the break. Yeah. And I think, you know, I just want to say, I don't know how you had a handheld mic. I talk with, with my hands as well. So I can see you talk with your hands. So if I had a mic that I had to hold, it would like hold me back because I'm just... <laughs> yeah. It's an Eastern European blood in me personally that like I have to use my hands. Like when when I stand, I like you know my hands are always moving. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you got the the stand for the mic. But I was gonna say Thanks. with with COVID, um, obviously yeah, it's like good and bad. There's the good part is that it kind of I feel like it stopped people who think they want to be artists <laughs> because it's they didn't get the the cool the quote unquote the cool parts of being an artist they got you know what if you really want to do it you actually got to sit at home and you got to work there's no right. concerts there's no shows you're not going to get all those accolades you're going to have to hustle and then you're going to get the reward 12 months later so i think it has been an opportunity for the people who truly want it to be like you know what i've been working on my craft this whole time I haven't gone away and forgotten about music. Yeah, I think you definitely see the difference between those that like live, eat and breathe this and those that kind of like thought it was a, something quick to hop into that could be cool because with the pandemic, it becomes very different and the value, the reward of it becomes very different. And yeah, so I think it kind of eliminates those that maybe weren't sure why they were doing it or maybe the reasons they were doing it um, wasn't because of their love for it. And it leaves the market there's still so many people that, you know, are still grinding and doing it and trying to navigate. And I think what's also really inspirational is seeing other artists that are passionate, how they 
continue to persevere in a difficult time like this. Sometimes I'm looking at other artists like, damn, how did they do that? And then the people will, I'm sure, look at me like, wow, Rolling Stone cover, how'd you get that? And I'm like, I don't know. So it's like, it's crazy. Like the hard work that you put out comes back in all these different ways. And sometimes you look at other artists and you'll be like, oh, their hard work came back, came back to them in that way. And and so you like that keeps me going. Seeing that other artists can somehow make it work is like a reminder that like when I have a tough day, it's like, uh, get over it because that artist did and that artist did. And not to compare, but it's like you live, eat and breathe. This is what I want to do. Like the pandemic came at a very interesting time for me. I think my career just started taking off when it came. So for me, it kind of felt like a little bit. But if we rewrite the narrative, it doesn't have to be that, you know? And I feel what we what I've been able to do in 2020, being in the house, the corporate gigs I've been able to, to get, like the, the, the commercials that I've attributed to and the major companies, like corporations that I've worked with just to sustain an income. Like I made more money in 2020 not playing shows than in 20 in 2019 playing shows um and that's just off of the strength of like i guess what i did in 2019 as well but the ability to adapt and say okay well in this time frame i don't want to go back to work so i need to maybe prioritize some bigger gigs and they just they happen to come and i was able to execute them i was able to do production i was able to do covers i was able to do things that is not necessarily like what i'm putting out as a via mighty but it funded me so I could turn around and put these singles out that I've been putting out and I have you know more money to to afford these high quality expensive music videos with you know major large teams and several moving bits like and now that I have a certain standard in terms of audio in terms of visual like you need money to kind of keep that going so um that's where I've been at like in 2020 just getting opportunities that have allowed me to like afford the next step and yeah, I don't know. I don't know what 2021 has to offer fully. I, I'm still getting show cancellations from shows that were moved from 2020 to 2021. I'm, I'm getting follow-ups of, oh, they're going to go to live stream. Oh, they're going to cancel. So, I mean, we're all in it in this weird limbo. And like, yeah, I, I feel like how we're navigating as a team, how I'm navigating as an individual. Uh, I'm grateful for the ability to like stay inspired. And like, I think I'll be better for it long-term. Yeah, I just think it's a, a mental challenge. But if you ever want to do a live show, you can always come down to Australia. We're pretty much opening up, I'll say before we started. But um, yeah, we did our hard lockdown like early in the year. We did like a three-month lockdown and then we were free for like, you know, three weeks. Then we did another three-month just hard lockdown. You could only go outside for four reasons. We had curfew at like eight o'clock. Oh, it was it was tough. But um, but at the oh, moment, wow. yeah, uh, it was it was horrible um but yeah everyone's pretty happy at the moment we did a five-day lockdown because we had a couple of cases we had i don't know whenever i say this everybody's like oh you only had you know 10 cases or 15 cases like that's all it takes for us to go into a lockdown so we did a five-day lockdown for like 15 cases and now we're we're back out pretty much what oh wow i gotta talk to john tory because what are you doing out here in canada we have just in Brampton alone, it's like, I don't know, 5,000 cases a day. That's like not even Toronto yet. Like I'm not even in Toronto and like I'm in Peel region, which is like a hot zone. And we've been in lockdown since, as I said, the end of November, which was the third lockdown. And I think we had a fourth in January, but we never really opened back up. So it crazy. It sounds like we need to take some, uh, 
some blueprints from from Australia and apply them here because we are suffering and struggling. Well, we've got celebrities actually moving down here. So we've got, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen moved here. Um, wow. We had, yeah, Isla Fisher, his partner. I think Tom Tom Hanks was down here for a while and then he got COVID and then he went back to America. Um, and we've got um, Zac Efron is living in Sydney right now as well. Wow. So, yeah, it, it's coming. So I feel like you might be next. All you got to do is two weeks <laughs> quarantine. And then you'll be happy days. You'll be able to, to have shows and stuff like that. So worst comes to worst. If everything shuts down in Canada, everything shuts down in the US, you can always come to Australia. Okay, I'm good to know. I'm good to know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were touching on earlier, like you, you have that understanding of music more than just a rapper. Like a lot of people who get into hip hop don't actually, you know, come from a background that allows them to understand music and understand the the actual um theory of it but how did you transition from you know theoretically and and singing going into hip-hop itself and starting to rap um how did i transition i feel like it was just like a natural thing like my natural vernacular for hip-hop i think once i first got exposed to it through my cousin um, when I was like seven or eight, he used to have a Walkman. He would come to the house with it, and and uh, I would listen to hip hop on his Walkman. I think I just it was an it was a bridge for me, and I think I naturally gravitated towards that style of music. I was already in singing les- lessons, and so I was doing that for seven years. And we moved from Toronto to Brampton, and it was like a life level up. My parents were able to like buy a home, and we were no longer in like this subsidized housing and. But that meant like lessons were done and we got all these scholarships. So like we were no longer eligible to win scholarships. So there was a few reasons why music lessons had to kind of stop. And um, uh, what was the question again? I just slipped my mind. Just how you transitioned from the music to, to hip hop. and Oh, right. Rap. Yeah, I think it was like this big transition. So moving from Toronto to Brampton and then like kind of like with that, I used to take music lessons in Scarborough. We had to stop, as I said. And then there was just this musical void, but like I had been doing it and I had these like prerequisite things like breath control and understanding use of diaphragm and I would do exercises in the morning. And so I think like I was exposed to rap while I was doing these music lessons, but I didn't gravitate towards it until I think the void of no lessons every weekend kind of settled in. And at that point, computers were a thing. And so we had a desktop. So I started scouting or sourcing personal interests And so around 12, when music lessons stopped at 11, so around 12 is when I started rapping. So it was like a quick window of like, oh, I'm not doing this anymore. And then I just kind of recalibrated to like doing that. And I think they just, they bridge, right? Like singing is, I've always felt like singing is more difficult than rapping. And I know they're different things, but like if I spend the time to like really think about something impactful. I know I can write an amazing verse, but like certain things you just, I can't sing. If it's in the certain key or like, there's just certain things I can't create, I can't allow my voice to do. I have a lot less restrictions with rap. I feel like I can I'll do almost anything I want when it comes to rapping, but singing, there's notes I can't hit. There's, there's trills I can't do. There's, there's just, it's like, it's not everything's as accessible to me. So I feel like being able to apply this really technical way of utilizing your voice it, it, and transitioning into rap, it, it, it made a lot of sense. And it allowed me to not focus so much on like how to do it, but like what I'm saying and 
having like a believable rap voice because I started rapping at 12. So like a 12 year old girl is like, I don't want to hear this. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so I worked really hard on like sounding like I've been doing this for a minute. And I used to battle rap on this website called letsbeef.com. And I used to battle all these male rappers all over the world. And that I think really helped me get my chops up because there was no like you're a girl and it was like there was no camera. There was it was just you film your audio for a minute and someone accepts your challenge anywhere in the world and they will just come and diss the crap out of you kind of thing or vice versa. And so it was like a cool way to learn how to kind of get my freestyling chops up. But I like learned through that, like how to say what I wanted to say. I kind of already had the breath control. And so, yeah, the transition was just kind of like life transitioned. We moved and lessons that I had kind of no longer existed and that again like for me that's how my brain works if something or a window closes I like seek another thing and I'll seek like another thing that like will be around for my lifetime like I'm always looking for like a life passion but not looking for it and like looking for it in things that are I'm not passionate about it, it, it's like a natural pull you know so I was naturally pulled towards that um towards rap and hip-hop and that style of music in the early 2000s, like 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying, that was my album. That was that like, was my first album. That was the album that got me into hip hop. Really? That That's was... the album that got me into being a rapper, 100%. 100%. 100 <laughs> Like people will say, oh, who's your inspiration? And I'll say 50 Cent. And I'm like, I know it sounds like a really like young person's answer, but like, I got to be honest, like when I was like zero to 10, I was like in a house with three older sisters, mom and dad. We lived in a racist you know, community, like putting rap music on, like for my dad at that time, for his daughters, I don't think that was where his mental was at. So my exposure wasn't really, really like early on, you know what I mean? Where, like it was through my cousin who was also kind of young and he didn't have a filter. So like, and, and then I had to find it on my own and like, be like, yeah, this is what I rock with. My dad doesn't listen to that. And now they will listen to it through me, you know? So it's, it's interesting how, how that happens, but I would say it's a combination of life circumstances, but also just a natural like gravitational pull of the universe where like, I guess I needed to create music and somehow, some way it was going to happen. Yeah. Well, I think you need to give me lessons on how to get my family to listen to hip hop because my mom still <laughs> is not a fan and I put on things and I'm, and she's just like, Aaron, I just, I just don't get it. I just don't you, like you, it. The only way is you might have to actually rap yourself. I know. Uh, uh, I know. I know where my limitations are. <laughs> my limitations. I'm a. I'm a natural talker. I can talk, but the rapping skill or just the writing of verses is not where it goes to. Like I was. <laughs> I was. This is for for people behind the scenes. But I was trying to write a rap as an intro for the podcast. How to like introduce it? I just. Just I was just sitting there going, oh, God, this is very difficult. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know what it's 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 good to kind of listen to the universe and where it's pulling you. Like you have a dope setup here, like you have a platform, like and that's where it pulled. That's where the universe has pulled you, and you recognize your skill, and then you like kind of expand on that and you already excel in speaking. So it's like, that's a skill too, right? And like, so it's really good even just to like know, because a lot of people fight there. They kind of fight what the universe is telling them to do, maybe because something else seems a little bit cooler or it seems like, well, maybe they want their mom to like rap. So they yeah. rap, not because they're passionate, but because they want to connect with someone. Or So it's like, it's like, yeah, 
it only works if it's really what what's inside of you anyway. So unfortunately, I guess mama's just not gonna not gonna join us on our hip hop love. No, unfortunately uh, <laughs> not. But that hasn't changed. She's always said you're gonna grow out of this phase, and this phase has lasted now close to a lifetime. So it's not going <laughs> anywhere. And now that I've got a podcast and this is all I talk about, I have a feeling it's it's here to stay. But um <laughs> it's locked but, in. Yeah, she's she hey, she's supportive as hell anyway. So she she doesn't get that. it, but she is so supportive and I'm very fortunate. Um and you know, from from what you were saying as well, your family is extremely supportive and and help you in your journey. And I think that everyone who is who who is fortunate enough to have anyone as a support system is is really lucky because they help us keep going when you know the times are tough. Yeah, um, I'm so grateful. They definitely have kept me going. It's awesome for you also to say that, although she doesn't get it, she supports it because that sometimes people don't get what you do, but the support is what what we need i don't need you to necessarily do a bunch of research and understand where i'm coming from but the support and so i love that for you that 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 she does and and i would say i have that too um where my family does support they're they get it i think my parents get it differently than my siblings you know and like i know that my dad you know at a time like he always supported but like he didn't get it now even i think he gets it a bit and it's just beautiful to like watch them grow as people them like understand like this different way of expressing through the fact that their daughter chose to rap, which is like the weirdest combo. And you'd never think that that's how a parent would fall into it or, or like, you know, learn how to like appreciate something. But it's a beautiful thing when, because one of the things is like when you're passionate about something, it like communicate, that passion is communicated through the art to the listener. So even if they don't get the thing, like they get your passion. And sometimes that's all you have to sell. Like, it's not sometimes what you're saying, it's 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 how you're saying it. And that's what pulls the people in. And that's like a mantra I take for my live shows. Like it is what I'm saying, but sometimes it's just how you perform that. Like that's how you pull an audience in. I'm missing that right now, not doing live shows. Um, that was a, a really, really strategic way for me as a musician to grow my brand. Um, but yeah, I have family and they're supporting and they're giving me suggestions for ways to keep that going in the house. And yeah, so it's uh, this whole time and all these interviews and conversations have just been like reflective and thinking about like, what's next? Where am I going to go? Um, but trying to grow in every kind of capacity in my life. Um, and as a musician, like career wise, I'd say I'm, I'm the furthest ahead there. Um, in my personal life, it's like I just think that they are all intertwined, you know, and so I want my self-care to step up. I want, you know, like if I'm working on music, like you have to eat breakfast so that you can do the music. So it's like, that's a self-care thing to push the career thing. And like, you can't really segment those things. So I'm trying to take inventory of the things that are weak or where I'm a little bit weaker. Um, and I have, I ha I'm filled with support from family and, and opportunities like this to connect with people from the, the industry. Um, and making good music and having gear in my house, like filled with that. But then like sometimes like content outside of the beautiful music video and the actual song, like maybe I lack there. And it's like, how do I connect with the fans outside of that when I'm not playing shows? And so finding more authentic, organic ways to do that. And this goes back to the beginning of the convo where it's like, I'm not trying to change me, but I'm trying to find ways to connect with the fans as me. And that's just as important as well, it shouldn't be. But right today, it's just as important as, really good songs and so it's uh it's been a really interesting time like every conversation that i have i'm just trying to extract from it and apply to like 
these goals of being a streamlined individual. Like, it's really interesting how like every age era is like, it's like what they say, like I'm in my late twenties and it's like, oh my God, like, I'm thinking like an adult, like I'm doing those adulting things. And I feel like it's not even up to you. You think you're onto something monumental, but every 28 year old did this, <laughs> like they thought the same thing. So I'm in that place, you know, but it's cool. It's cool to be in a, a weird time like this and still be able to think about making music. You know, some people are, we have a really bad homeless situation here and I'm sure many regions do. And, you know, with that being said, like, I'll never complain about this strategy that I'm trying to figure out. It's like the ability to juggle these thoughts instead of, you know, trying to figure out how I'm going to pay the bills at the end of each day. I'm just lucky to even be able to strategize how to release music. You know what I mean? Well, I'm 27. So we're in the same boat of like, you know, like twenties, you're, you're, we're, it's like I'm an adult, but am I really an adult? And, yeah. you know, I should do more adult things. Like you said, you were like, you know, eat breakfast in the morning. I actually don't eat breakfast before any of my interviews. I, I feel like I need to be light and ready to go. I just, wow. that's, that's just who I am. Um, like I I, when I, when I eat, I feel slow and lethargic and that's like just my peak performance. That's what I like. I just need to feel like I'm not weighed down. Um, and maybe it's what I eat, but I, yeah, I, I don't know if I've been doing it for years now that I just, um, I just feel lighter, ready to go. I feel, you know, just, just ready to, to talk. And I don't know, I'm a morning person anyway. So I do most of these in the morning. Clearly. So, yeah, I know it's 6am and I'm, and I've got the energy of like in, in the evening, you'll see me like three o'clock. I hit the three o'clock time and I'm like, all right, I'm tired now. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's just finding what works for you um more than you know what what is standard because i know i should people are like aaron you gotta eat breakfast but i'm like but i perform better when i don't eat breakfast and then when i have a meal later then i feel better because if i start eating i'm hungry all day and that drives me crazy because in the back of my mind i'm like oh what's next what am, yeah, what am i gonna it, put into my face next yeah you're right first of all you're so right about once you eat like it eating breakfast and water drinking water makes me so hungry that's another thing i'm trying to do more of is drink water but it just makes you so hungry and like i have terrible eating habits in the sense of like how often like a lot of times freelance entrepreneurial musicians podcasters like it's difficult um we just prioritize the work and then you eat when you can um and I think, yeah, it totally works differently for different people. Like it might also be what 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 the breakfast is, because it might be heavy. Like if it's like bacon, eggs, bread, like that sort of stuff that could be weighing you down. But it's like if it doesn't work for your life goals, then it's not the right thing to implement. See, you got the water going, though. I like that. I'm trying. To, <laughs> I'm, I'm also trying to stay more hydrated. I like, you know, everyone says you got to drink more water, but because I talk a lot and and you talk a lot as well. Like you just got to keep drinking. Like my voice gets tired. So that water just keeps the voice going. Like I can tell my voice is getting tired when my voice gets real deep. Like yep. I've got a deep voice as it is, but it just gets to like Batman levels. And I'm like, oh, Aaron, you got to start drinking more water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm totally on that same wave. And I guess, you know, that's that late 20s thing. It's like trying to be balanced in that way. And like for me, like, I uh, did I did I eat breakfast? I did actually eat something before these interviews. And I'm glad that I did, because for me, like I'm a vegetarian who's gluten free. 
So it's difficult to have a heavy anything like every meal is pretty light and I'm lactose intolerant. So like there's just not a lot to like weigh me down. But like when I don't eat and then I'm drinking water, which makes me hungry. And then I try to do interviews. I can't give the the energy. So like, I don't know sometimes how that would translate to the interviewer. It could be like, oh, she's a little bit bitchy. And it's like, I'm actually just so tired. Like, you know, and, and, and sometimes like you have to be mindful that just not eating before an obligation with a new person means they're not going to get you. Like they're going to get this like reduced version of you. And like, that's your first impression. You might not get a second impression with that person. So, or like a show, like I sometimes will eat my first meal at 9 p.m., like ridiculous, because I'll just be prioritizing studio work all day. And it's like, so it's like a balance. Maybe I don't eat breakfast, but like you can't eat at 9 p.m. Like, so it's like what works for you? And and this is I think that time period for us is like we're figuring out what does work. And sometimes I'll say something and you'll be like, yeah, no, not for me. And you'll say something and I might be like, yeah, I tried it. And I don't know. It didn't. So it's almost like a trial period. Oh, like to be honest, if I was had a show at nine PM, I probably wouldn't eat all day either. I'd just be like, you know, I, I don't know. It's something about the, the. It's like it's a weird sense of like it also gives you weird control in a weird way. Like you're like I'm choosing not to eat, therefore I have a lot of control. Therefore, <laughs> everything I do moving forward is the way I want it to be. So um, I don't know. Like I get it. Like if I was on stage, I wouldn't eat for like at least you know, four to five hours beforehand, just because I'd want to feel that, you know, again, that lightness. Um, but you, you're right. You just got to be willing to try and willing to go, all right, this didn't work for me. That worked for me. Now I've got to do more of that. Um, but mm-hmm. I was going to ask Absolutely. you, I've got a few friends that are that are vegans, vegetarians. Do you have like a go-to recipe? Do you have something that you're like, this is my go-to? And if you're hungry or you got to whip up something fast that you would you'd whip up for yourself? Um. I'm trying to establish that now. That's definitely a part of the balance. Cooking is not the thing that I'm best at. The kitchen is not where I thrive. Um, But it's not like where I don't thrive. I just think that I haven't given myself the opportunity to prove myself in that compartment. So this time frame being at home, I've I've done a lot more grocery shopping and making meals and have my brother try it, have my mom try it. Um, As a, I was born vegetarian. I've never eaten meat in my entire life. but I am not vegan. I do eat dairy, but I shouldn't because I'm lactose intolerant. So I don't eat a lot of it. I am gluten-free, not by choice. Uh, I can't, my, my stomach just stopped taking it six years ago. So my diet has, it started off restricted and it's narrowed even more. So for me, like there's some good options, like gluten-free pasta is a really good option. Um, it's a great alternative to like pasta or spaghetti that you already make. The gluten-free noodles don't taste very different. There's a lot of things like vegan cheese tastes very different from real cheese. Like I'm not going to lead you the wrong way. Um, gluten-free pasta is almost better than real pasta. It's the one gluten-free thing that's like almost better. The, the texture. Say, almond feta though is delicious. Like Say that again? Almond feta. Um, yeah, like like the vegan yeah. sauce, you mean? No, yeah, the, I think the I feta d- cheese, it comes in like, I don't know, maybe it's just you don't get over there, but like there's the goat's mm-hmm. cheese that comes with like olive oil and like, peppercorns but there's also the vegan version and that also tastes dope um one of my was vegan and she showed me and i was like oh this is amazing yeah yeah and they're actually they're getting better because the vegan cheese is like 
was weird for a bit, but now there's like an expansion and there's there's like different sauces, different cheeses that you can try. Um, so that that was an ignorant statement. I should say in my experience, I haven't yet found a vegan cheese that I love, but I have friends who like are not vegan that like have a brand of vegan cheese. So like there's just a lot of like options and stuff, but I'd say like gluten-free pasta is a really good option um, where you can offset with just a little less sauce, less sodium, gluten-free noodles, um, some mushrooms. You can keep a vegetarian, keep it really light. I like to do simple stuff like rice and beans and vegetables, um, like trying to find ways to get protein because I'm vegetarian. So, um, yeah, like I, I, different types of pastas, whether you want to add like a veggie ground round to it, whether you want a bean base, whether you want to create like a shepherd's pie sort of experience, like that's a whole world. There's also obviously veggie burgers, gluten-free buns. Those are options, simple throw together kind of meal. Uh, this morning I just made like simple wraps. I guess they were like taco wraps with like vegan meat that I that I had made two days ago. And I just put a couple toppings, pico de gallo, a couple things in there. And just, yeah, I just had like little morning, I guess, afternoon tacos. Um, and that was just Yum. something I threw together. I'm trying to get more into, like I wrote this like checklist out of things I got to do every day, like eat three meals a day. One of those meals should be cooked yourself. Drink water with every one of those meals. Like these simple things that like I want to have implemented before we get back on road, because honestly, like, I don't know. Like I was, I was, I was really like really in pain. I had a lot of joint pain and stuff in 2019 when I was really touring and going hard. And it was probably because of the void of these things. I wasn't eating enough. I wasn't drinking water enough. And I was just overworking myself, flying here and there, plane to plane, like just really working my body really hard. And um, I feel like I don't have anywhere near as much pain now. And I feel like that speaks volumes. So I'm trying to implement these good habits now so that once we're no longer, once we're too busy to think about it again, we should have like, I don't know how many days it takes to make a habit, but the, I think the they say do- 30 to 60 days. Like if you do it, if I think if you do it 30 days in a row, every single day, it becomes a habit. Yeah. And like something like th- this is the time frame where I'm trying to build habits like Duolingo. I do do. I've been doing Duolingo for almost 310 days now. So oh, almost a year. Damn. Yeah. And it's not a lot. I committed to something I do. I could commit to one lesson every morning for Spanish. And it's a slow learn. And I can't really sp- I can't speak it, but I can read it a bit. And every morning I reinforce that. And that like that trains me to like implement it to other parts of my life. So like even just kind of having a water with me and trying to like ensure that I'm drinking every day, like, like drink some water before you even get that first meal in. I'm trying to learn what things will help me when I am back on road, you know, and this conversation is really cool because I think we're in the same lane in that way a little bit where based on our lifestyle, we want to find the thing that kind of attributes to that the best and what's going to push us along the best and keep us sustaining. And it's also like recognizing your, your, your strengths and your faults. So for you, your strength is that you're a morning person. Like that's really dope. Like what you can do with the first few hours of your day is like monumental. You could be light years ahead of other people with that ability, you know? So it's like the fact that you know that and that you can kind of navigate and take advantage of your mornings is so awesome because someone else that doesn't know that they could possess that ability is like missing out on valuable, passionate hours of self building you they wouldn't be up at 6 a.m creating content they're, they're gonna be up at 10 and you've already done three four five things so it's like it's so cool to just self-identify and then like add habits to like what fits what's already there and i'm trying to do the same thing um 
I think you're doing a pretty good job, to be honest. You're Thank very you. introspective and I, I always like introspective artists and introspective people because it means the conversations are not just like surface level. Like, you know, we've only known each other now for close to 45 minutes, but already we're digging way deeper than like you would on like, you know, how are you? Yeah, good. What do you do for those conversations? They drive me nuts. So um, no, I think <laughs> that that you, I can see that go straight to your music and that definitely kind of look at me linking back um I'm, I'm about to do this a lot or something but um the, it goes into yeah i'm just just swinging it Full all circle. around um, <laughs> but yeah it goes really well into your music um and and that introspection will continue to drive you because i can see even from 2019 to 2021 the things that you're talking about they're in a similar lane but the thoughts are different and the, yeah. the actual expression of them is different and you know you, you have songs about friendship and you have songs about, you know, the close people around you. Um, and, and those are the things that, you know, as people in our late 20s where we're starting to go, okay, reevaluating who's in your life, who's important, who's not really helping you that much. But, um, yeah, and also if anyone who listens to this podcast wants to send in some recipes, please send some recipes. We'll, nice. we'll pass them on to Havaya. Um and I know we got a quick out, but there's only one question I plan in this whole podcast. And it is, if you could recommend one hip hop album or one album, sorry, I always say hip hop accidentally, but any album that everyone should listen to at least once, what would it be? Oh, there's a lot, but I'm going to say the miseducation of Lauren Hill. You did. That's a, that's a powerful body of work. I think for even listeners that don't get, hip-hop and i also think it's one of a it's a good album for people that don't get hip-hop because i feel that it's still gettable if that makes sense like for the palette of a person that like might be closed-minded or not understand the culture yeah the miseducation of lauren hill is one of my most inspirational albums um as an attempted eclectic artist um, i don't want to be just a rapper and i feel i've looked to lauren hill as somebody who was able to do that as a woman as well who raps sings and plays the guitar all things i try to do um she so, produced that whole album and produce uh, yeah. yeah another that, thing i try to do just yeah. she's amazing absolutely we amazing. actually reviewed that album on the podcast recently so um, oh yeah 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 you're gonna send, so, you're gonna send that to me I'm going to send that to you. Um, so, so yeah, that honestly, um, I think that is underrated in a way, I think, because she hasn't done music since that point. That is her only solo album. So I think, you know, it's within hip hop. If you're in the industry, you know, and you love it, but I think mainstream, they forget. So um, right. yeah, that is to me, the skill in that and, you know, Lauren Hill's voice. And I'm a, I predominantly like rap. Um I'm going to wrap it up. So <laughs> I know you got time, but, um, but yeah, I probably like rap and just her voice and the hooks and the bridges that she has in that they they make that album. That album is filled with just, it kind of blows me away that she had so much talent and, you know, disappointed that we don't get to hear more of it. I agree. I think definitely like ahead of her time um, gave us a gem and, and then dipped. <laughs> That's what you get. Like, we, we can't even ask for more because it was just such a gem that we're still able to, you know, feel gratified by listening to. So, um, but yeah, there's definitely some disappointment of not getting more of that amazing human. But, um, and I think what, what we, what we do get today is, you know, a little bit different, but the time, like I remember just 
seeing Lauren Hill, um, you know, just accept opportunities that I couldn't see anybody else that looked like her doing and like deserving it. Like no one ever questioning whether it was being deserving uh, and just so talented and vocally amazing, like utilizing her voice as a real instrument and collaborating with artists that my family was listening to a lot, like the Fugees and Wyclef and Bob Marley and you know what I mean? So just, just an incredible musician and, and like, the the path I'm trying to follow is to be recognized as, as an artist first and it's about the music first ideally so to look at a musician like that and see that she's made these timeless songs it's like wow like I would love to be able to leave something behind that resonates like that well I think that you're definitely on the right path I can see you know the passion you can hear it in your voice it's not even what you say it's how you say it um, but the passion is there and I think that you know, a lot of people have probably said this to you, but I think you're definitely someone to continue to watch moving forward into 2021. Um, and hopefully you, you kind of get to get to jump out of, of lockdown and, and really smash it out of the park. But if you haven't listened to Havaya at all, definitely check her out. As soon as you listen to a couple of her tracks, you will be hooked. I promise. I definitely was. Um, so definitely get onto that. Check out the visuals on YouTube, follow her on Instagram um she's always doing doing more and she's working on on stuff in the background so um yeah definitely one not to sleep on i appreciate it so much thank you my pleasure thank you for coming on the show absolutely i'm glad we were finally able to get this going i think i've seen the name come up over like six months of trying to get this set up so i'm glad we finally locked it in hey for good artists you got to be put willing to put in the work so you know we got the first one now next time we can just talk about whatever we can keep going and you know actually talk about lauren hill in more depth i'm sure i'd love to hear more on on your perspective of her but um yeah anytime you're down um that'd be awesome absolutely i look forward to the next time awesome thanks avaya thanks for listening to the show please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for all upcoming podcast news. Bye for now.